Hey guys, welcome to the Yes Study Abroad podcast. I am Kiara Warren, the founder of Yes Study Abroad, and I have a mission to encourage and equip minority students with the tools that they need to study abroad. I do this through online articles, interviews with study abroad vets, and also mentoring students who are interested in studying abroad. If you want to learn more, you can visit yesstudyabroad.com or follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Yes Study Abroad or like us on Facebook. Now, Let's hang out with Caleb as he shares his story of studying and interning in London. Enjoy. All right. Hey, we have Caleb today. Uh, he studied abroad in London for six weeks, and he actually did an internship while he was over there. So I'll just let him introduce himself. Uh, hey, Caleb. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your program. Okay, so my program, um, it started last summer. I left from Georgia to London, England for six weeks. And I was there from the beginning of July all the way through that first week of August. So my program was through my university, uh, Columbus State University, and it was inclusive of an internship as well as uh, courses offered for study abroad. So I was able to, I'm a senior marketing major and I was able to go and participate in an actual internship as well as taking uh, the equivalent of nine credit hours over some. Nice, who'd you intern for? My company was called ISMM and what that stands for, I, I don't really like acronyms, but uh, <laughs> It's the Institute of Sales and Marketing Management. But when I was there, they were actually in the process of rebranding to just ISM. So they dropped one of the M's mm -hmm. and they went from marketing management to just, uh, I think it was just marketing because management was something they felt was kind of understood that you have to manage any business. So. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it was a little redundant. Yeah. Gotcha. That's cool. So what did so did you participate in the branding of it or what kind of was your role? I did actually. Uh as an intern, I was surprisingly not the only American in the office, but my he was the uh sales director's name was Lawrence and he he was born in New York and lived in America, but he, he claimed to be British, so I just you know, have a fake I, accent. <laughs> not he, it, to me, he sounded British, but when I was talking with my coworkers and everything, they're like, "Oh, he's so American." And I was like, "Really? Like, I, I can imagine what, what I sound like then." So, um, yeah, we we uh had to go and apply through like a third party company that placed us there. So it was based off of our major, some work experience, and what we were looking to get out of the program. And ISMM, um, they had a lot of, like I said, it was good and bad that they were in this reconstruction phase because it was something that I've never been able to witness before. Okay. And they're a huge global name in, in the European business world. So it's like the equivalent of somebody here, like IBM or something, re, like rebranding. It was uh, pretty, pretty significant, all the work they were doing. My main job, uh, was was doing 
proofreading. So there would be documents that they'd send off to get professionally edited, and then I would I would come through and just be another set of eyes and check to see if there's anything I could had recommendations for. Mm -hmm. uh, they were also in the process of moving offices. So some days I'd come in and I'd, I'd be helping just reorganize, literally putting books on shelves and stacking papers and stuff. And, and then uh, I could come in the next day and uh, be tasked with, with making contacts and doing uh, sales leads and everything. So ISMM, I guess to give it a little bit more information as what they do, they are a sales qualification course mm -hmm. or a sales qualification company. So they target direct sales, which would be the equivalent of uh, if you sold door-to-door -door Avon, Mary Kay, something of that nature, and you want you were okay, you were middle of the pack in that industry, but you wanted to be top-notch, you come and do one of a series of seminars with ISMM and they would guarantee that you would have higher numbers and better performance. Um, that was that was interesting though because it's kind of hard to guarantee that somebody will be better. Oh, like how yeah. like you know, like how how can you guarantee me that if I take your class, I will be a better salesperson? I'll make more money for myself and for the company. And I learned the answer to that question after meeting the CEO. His name's Jack Mizell. Nice. He's a a billionaire, and he he's a brilliant mind. I, like I, I hold him up there in the same respect to like Steve Jobs or somebody as far as just what they what they mean to their industry and and how successful he's been. He's been selling things since he's been like fifteen. So he said since about fifteen he's been in sales, and now he's a billionaire at uh just just under forty, thirty nine. So what was his answer? She had a formula that was what they were branding as, as new gap selling, but for most business majors, it's something that you're taught and anybody that's, that's had a job that was a sales position, it's just, it's like how to upsell. So, um, you know, you, you get your phone from Verizon, they want to sell you the case, the portable charger, you know, all the extra things. So when it came to how they helped these different customers, it was more about knowing their clients, their clients' clients' problems. So it's just taking a step further, doing extra research, and they would get the name of the company that you work for, look up like everything that, that they've done for the past maybe five years as far as sales and what they wanted to um, accomplish overall, and then look at what role that you played in that company. And then uh, say if you were um, in charge of presentation, like sell, like sales pitches, I guess is is the position. Then the people that you're selling to, they know all of their problems before you even got a chance to like feel it out and see. So it was it was an interesting, um, but it was it was just a lot doing a lot more work that a lot of people weren't willing to do is what he said. And gotcha. Yeah, I think, and now that you mentioned that, I have encountered that kind of B school where they say, like, you need to anticipate their problems so that you already have an answer for it. And that's kind of how you get ahead of the game. Yep, that's, that's exactly yeah. it. Cool. So, um, do you think that would be something that you would explore post graduation? Like, would you want to 
move back and be an expat? Yes. <laughs> uh, I have a, a pretty bad travel bug. Like I, I'm always looking for the, the next adventure. Um, and I'm using, I guess, my background and my education to launch me to that next position with a career in maybe somewhere in the European market. Like I'd like to start my, my business career in the European market. So I'm a senior at Columbus State studying marketing as a major and then my minor is international relations. Mm-hmm. And like I said, taking that and trying to move into uh, an industry where I can have like a a, a bigger, um, I don't know, just bigger everything. Like, yeah. Gotcha. Well, um, that's good. I definitely, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> and I'm with a company that's a global company, but uh, they don't really do expat work. You have to literally just like quit and apply for their sister companies over in different uh, regions. So I haven't gotten the gall to do that yet, but that's on my list. (laughs) Yeah. Expat work has definitely been, you know, one of my bucket list items. So uh, that was the internship. Tell me a little bit about just your time in London. Uh, Where did you stay? Kind of what you enjoyed, how you had fun, those type of things. Um, So I I was there with a group of, seven other students so it made eight of us total and our housing situation was an apartment where there were four of us in one apartment and we shared the common areas and we each had our own no we didn't there was two rooms and then the common areas so uh we lived just outside of central london is broken down into to different zones so we were in zone one which is where you want to be because anything outside of zone, like zone two is, is at least a 15 minute train ride. So you start working way further and further. So we were in zone one right there in the heart of, of this historic city. Day to day, we had classes that we took, but class would only be from maybe 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then we would take a field trip somewhere, depending on where our instructor wanted us to go. I uh, got to see several museums. I mean. The, London Museum, uh, the Imperial War Museum, the Docklands, and that for me, because I, I like I, every all the sightseeing was as as exciting as um, I can imagine. But I was able to also just learn more about what goes on because obviously you know you have a museum because you want to preserve history, but European history plays such a vital role in American history that it's like we don't necessarily get chance to um, explore as in-depth as you could if you're actually in-country. So uh, I know like at the, the Docklands Museum, I was very impressed or sort of blown away with, with the whole slave trade because as African-Americans, you know, we, we have limited, um, I guess in American history, you they just start with once we got to America. But the museum that I was at, you actually got to see pictures and names of the people who were making money off of the industry. And it's it was a business. It was a very, very, very profitable business. And so uh, getting a chance to really see that, it was something I never could recall reading in a book that I, I had growing up. So um, that was eye-opening. And then once we would get done with the museums or different field trips, like the day was ours. So really, we got a chance to just explore 
Uh, the food was amazing. You know, the, the public transportation made it easy to get everywhere, and it was just shopping. Like it's a lot of a lot of temptation to blow all the money in your bank account if, if you're not careful. Right. So you're smiling real big right now, as I can tell you had an incredible time. So uh, I'm going to switch it a little bit and tell me what was your biggest challenge that you had to overcome while you were over there? Um, you know, living with people that you don't really know. I've luckily had the chance to to be in different living situations, but this one we... We uh we spent six weeks together, so it was it was like you know you you, you put on the the happy face up front and everything will be great That's the time of your life. Somebody to get on your nerves. <sighs> yeah, it, it. I mean, we we hang we hung in there as long as we could, but by the last week we were at each other's necks. So <laughs> that was that was just like the like it's the day to day thing. But as far as the internship, um, part of the position was to get in contact with companies that did direct selling like I said so with the new rebranding there was a whole benefits package that was being put together and I had to understand the value of that package and that was something that I didn't need to know it just from my own knowledge but I had to be able to tell that to future clients so company had been around for almost 40 years and I had to learn about 40 years of history and and maybe two days before they put me on the phones so it was a uh, it was it was challenging but there was also a little bit of misdirection as to what they really wanted because like I said they were all over the place with all the way down to just not even having a real office yet they were moving boxes and so um, when I got a chance to sit down they would uh just tasked me with whatever they they felt I could handle at the time, and I, I just had to figure out if I could handle it or not. So a lot of problem solving, a lot of critical thinking, um, and then they'd always tease me. I had to be on the phone. They, I get teased because they could tell I was like the nervous American, and I I'd start off right away like, hey, you know, I'm Caleb Jared. I'm I'm interning at ISMM. I just like to get it, you know, a little bit of information out of you. And then most people were pretty cool. They didn't, they didn't give me too much too much uh, trouble but um yeah it's a different culture it's a different, different work culture for sure definitely have you interned at any companies in the states and if so what um what are some of the culture differences that you saw in the workplace uh well me personally i've been working since i was 15 so i've held different jobs in different industries as far as an internship related to my major I, this was the first one that i've, I've completed um, what my CEO, Jack Mizell, told me, he was explaining to me the first week I got there that in England or in Europe, certain parts of Europe rather, a salesperson isn't a respected profession. It's almost seen as like a backup plan to whatever you were supposed to be in life and you didn't make it, so you just picked up sales to try to make ends meet. And he said, obviously, you know, in America, you sell cars, sell furniture, sell insurance. There's a, that's, that is an industry that people go to school and learn about, kind of like what I'm doing with sales and marketing. So that was, that was, was I had never heard before. And it was, he was saying that along with them rebranding, 
he's also trying to change a culture that's so much bigger than him. But once you, uh, everyone likes to make money. So that's, that's what it is. You, know, you have to know how to sell and communicate in order to do that. And if you're very good at that, there's no reason to, I guess, for society to frown upon you if you're, your bank account is bigger than theirs. So it's, it's a, uh, it was interesting. Cause I, I didn't realize that's how it was. It wasn't something that like I said, people respected over there. Right. That's interesting that you say that though, because I can, I can see where people would feel that way. Like it's a backup plan, but I think in America, we've seen so many people who are salesmen that are just like millionaires because they were so good at what they do. And so like, you always know that it's a high stress environment, but it's like, if you do it well, like it is lucrative and you can be highly respected in it because when you think about it, sales, that's the money of the company. Like there is no company if you don't have sales. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting that it's kind of widespread that you aren't as respected as a salesperson. It's interesting. It was, it was. But, yeah, like myself, he made a billion dollars off of it. So I guess <laughs> you gotta respect that at least. Exactly. So um, switch gears a little bit. The one thing that most people have a problem with when it comes to studying abroad is, of course, the money. So tell me a little bit about how you financed your trip and, you know, just how you survived day to day. What were, what were your tactics to, you know, make it ends meet? Um, that I can you know vividly remember seeing the, the price when I got through reading, like, the flyers and all the pictures. And I was just like, you know, just push it back across the table. I don't even... I know I can't even do that. So um, I had a really, really good um, set of faculty members who showed me all my options. I was able to file, well, apply for a grant that was through Columbus State. That gave me about $1,300. And then the scholarship I received was also just shy of 1000 So that was something that... I personally had never done before because it's, I just, I, academic, until I got to the point where I, I was actively pursuing that, I didn't explore those options and I'm you know, sort of kicking myself for looking back at all the years I you know, spent in college looking like this money's been sitting here the whole time. It's, it's here for the taking and, and most people aren't applying for this stuff as much as you think they are. So um, that was, that, that helped out a lot and then at the time I was working as well as was going to school, so I had to try to be as disciplined as possible, set aside some money. The money conversion was something that I wasn't as prepared for as I thought I was. So day to day, I mean, you go to the ATM, you take out a hundred bucks, and, or you might you maybe get like 70 pounds or 80 pounds. So it's, it's uh, you know, people tell you, but actually physically seeing it and looking at what you got left and what actually came out in your hand was something that, like I said, you had to be disciplined with, but it was it was all learning experience. Right, it just felt like your money was disappearing, like all the fees, and um, you get a fee from your bank, and you get a fee from the ATM, and then you get a fee from their bank. It's just like, oh my gosh, like, I cannot win. So yeah, that that's the one thing that people have the biggest time with, uh, the hardest time with, and you know, some something that other people don't think of is that you also have to cover your expenses in America too while you're gone. Like you can't just stop paying your car note or stop paying rent or anything like that. So money is definitely the hardest thing. Um, but like you said, so many people don't apply for 
the scholarships that are that uh, the colleges have, and then there are even outside scholarships that you can apply for. So there's so many different ways for you to get it covered. And I know people who have actually studied abroad for free. I unfortunately took out loans, but that's another story. So. <laughs> So it's all good. So uh, we're approaching the end of our time. And so um, I want to leave with two questions. One, what would you say um, was the, I guess, the biggest lesson that you learned, um, whether it be just about yourself or just your experience? And then lastly, what advice do you have for students who are considering studying abroad but are kind of on the fence? Uh, so, uh, I mean, I consider that experience to be invaluable as far as from the from working towards getting accepted, like that was something that you had to make an honest commitment for yourself and then you get there and it's like right now I'm here, you know, I have to learn how to live and thrive in another society. Um, that was something that I also benefited from daily. Um, looking at the people and the relationships are made that that stuff is something you can't get in the classroom like it's because it's a real live context these are real places and these are people who see you making an investment in yourself and putting yourself out, out of your comfort zone so that was that was something that didn't go unrecognized and it was uh, something that the, the faculty members as well noticed when, when I was Return back to my home university, and it's something that you know I, I was excited, but even more appreciative when I got back because it's in in like job interviews I've had since then it was uh, a major like speaking topic when I was uh, explaining what I did you know like my internship experience and and as far as uh, what I have for students who are considering studying. Abroad or, or are studying abroad, like don't don't let other people talk you out of doing it. You know, I, I know that's another thing. Even my parents, fortunately, like they supported me. But some people's parents are just like, no, like why would you want to go over there? They don't care about what you got going on, or they don't you know care what you're doing. But it's there's no such thing as like an American job anymore. It's we're a global society. Globalization is here. It's been here. And for the students who are doing that, I think they're in the right direction and um like you know saying just explore the options for financing it and then continue to just go for those opportunities yep so you're ahead of the game when you study abroad basically yes very much so very much so. well cool thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me i um really enjoyed the conversation and um Looking forward to staying in touch. Oh, and also congratulations. I know graduation is coming up, right? You say you're a senior? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a senior on paper, but I have a couple more classes left, so <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Gotcha. All right, well, thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Bye.